welcome to a show where you will hear about how our liberty is being eroded by the very people that swear an oath to protect it. Today, the president signed a big new anti-terrorism bill that would expand the government's ability to track down terrorists, but at some cost. On this show, we will discuss many of the lies that the government, the government that hates us, by the way, we will discuss the lies that the people in positions of power and influence spread every day. And what is the best way to confuse children? Confuse them about their sexuality, confuse them about their gender, expose them to things that their little brains are not ready for yet. That is how they are confusing children. It is leading to chaos. And big daddy government, of course, can be there to pick, up, pick us all up and take care of us at the end of it. We will also talk about how current elected leadership at all levels of government has been corrupted by power and control, as well as discuss the types of leadership needed to correct our republic's course. We the people. It was time to remember that we the people are the government. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now. I am your host, Larry Linton, retired U.S. Navy Command Master Chief and prior Tennessee House of Representatives District 12 candidate, and welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. The topic of liberty is up in the rotation today. Before we get into the topic, I want to let the audience know about a couple of interviews I did or that I am working on getting scheduled. These interviews will be included in the show's rotation over the next few weeks. First up, there was Tina Tobin, a fierce freedom advocate who is a member of the Tennessee Liberty Network. Her work as part of that group has exposed many of the government's lies surrounding COVID, lies that are too numerous to tell and are growing in number every day. She has also exposed the woke material that is being thrust down children's throats under the guise of government caring about the whole child and the education system viewing itself as an equal partner in the raising of our children. Never forget what woke actually means. Woke is an acronym for, W-O-K-E, willingly overlooking known evil. Woke is not just a term used to describe actions of the lunatic left. It really is turning a blind eye to evil. Tina, she also ran for elected office last year in Sumner County. Although unsuccessful in the primary, she is definitely a person that decided to take a stand in the arena, exemplifying what it means to be a servant leader for her community and her county. In fact, she is still doing that through her work in the Tennessee Liberty Network. I am excited to have her on the program so the listeners can get another point of view on how to be a servant leader in affecting change in our government. A government that hates us, by the way. Another interview I am in the works of scheduling is with Bryson Gray. Mr. Gray is a conservative Christian rap artist whose song, Let's Go Brandon, got him banned from YouTube. But that song also replaced Adele's comeback single, Easy On Me, from the number one spot on the iTunes download chart back in October of 2021. He is another example of an individual taking a stand in the arena for liberty and Christian values. And he's still not backing down. 
I'm excited that he agreed to an interview on this podcast. And finally, I had on a Mr. Ken Good, who serves on the Board of Directors for Professional Bondsmen of Texas. His spokesman reached out to me late last year and asked if I would be interested in interviewing Mr. Good. We will be discussing how the red wave, which was more like a red trickle, will affect criminal justice this year and going forward. I also want to let the audience know that I made an appearance on the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast with the host Steve. If you live here in Tennessee, you should definitely follow that show. It can be found on just about every podcast platform out there, as well as being frequently featured on the Tennessee Conservative News website. I have hung a link on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com, as well as shared it on all my social media platforms. Then finally, I made an appearance on the Forge and Anvil podcast here in Tennessee. The host of that show reached out to me right when I was knee-deep in the middle of my campaign, and he graciously accepted my regrets to appear at that time, as well as when I asked to reach out again after the first of the year. The Forge and Anvil podcast comes out of Middle Tennessee, and it is a show where they embrace uncomfortable conversations about culture and politics to sharpen ourselves for the race set before us. The episode I was on included two other guests with a host. One of the other guests has contributed numerous articles to the Tennessee Conservative News and runs her own podcast titled Subtle Rampage. All in all, I had a great time with this awesome group of patriotic Christians talking about the latest in state and national news. I hung up a link to the show on my website and social media pages to that one as well. Please give that episode a listen. And subscribe to the Forge and Anvil podcast, as well as the other two podcasts, The Subtle Rampage and The Mill Creek View, Tennessee. I do not think you will be disappointed with their weekly content. And right now, I want to circle back to that awesome booklet I read that was titled, An Apologetic for Liberty. I just want to do this for a few minutes. As I wrote about in a blog post last month, the author graciously provided me with some copies to hand out to fellow liberty lovers in hopes that it stirs Christians in our nation to action. I passed out a few at the twice-monthly men's breakfast that I attend with my church, and I still have some in my office, though. If you are interested in this great read and would like to better arm yourself with reasoned arguments in defense of liberty— Send me an email with your snail mail address and I will get one shipped off to you free of charge. No strings attached, no shipping or handling, completely free. The email address is larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. This booklet articulates a Christian defense of liberty and demonstrates that if you do not base your concept of liberty in Christ, it cannot be sustained. That one statement alone is proven over and over by our government's unrelenting pursuit in removing our Creator from every aspect of our lives. It is also a great argument for the Christian church in America to no longer sit on the sidelines and let that situation play out in its absence. The church's absence will only lead to two things. First, will be the government's complete destruction of the Christian church in our nation, and second, a complete erosion of the people's liberty that will follow. In fact, I shared a great meme from the Tennessee Conservative the other day that captures that sentiment like this, 
Quote, a pastor who tells his church to stay out of culture and politics is like a military general who tells his sentries to stay off the watchtowers. End quote. Perfect, right? Anyway, if you're interested in receiving a copy of this inspiring defense of liberty, just send me an email. Now let's get on to the topic of liberty. As I was wondering what direction I was going to take when discussing liberty this week, I believe providence led me to a couple of issues, and I will talk about one here in a second. The past two episodes of the podcast encompass the full one-hour phone interview that I did with Miss Andrea Gomez. You would think that with the two weeks of prepared content, it would have provided me with sufficient time to gather my thoughts, but I was still drawing a blank. I had just recently returned home from a week-long coaching engagement in North Dakota and was not only mentally exhausted from the trip, but physically as well. You see, the temperatures up in Tioga, North Dakota did not get much above freezing for the entire week I was up there. In fact, most of the time, it was in the teens with wind chill factors significantly below zero. So, as I was searching for material to discuss during this week's show, my brain was in a fog. Just how would I approach the topic of liberty this week? I mean, there was plenty of news in the national headlines about the usurpations of our liberty that happened on a near hourly basis in Washington, D.C., from Chinese spy balloons to Pfizer's evil machinations with COVID, the Tennessee General Assembly looking to chill free speech in our state by designating nearly everybody and every organization a political action committee, and on and on and on. And yet, there was even the State of the Union speech. What a poop show that was. But, despite having an albeit slim GOP majority in the U.S. Congress that can slow down the usurpations, notice I said slow down there, Yes, because even the GOP works to usurp the people's liberty under the guise of protecting it at the federal and state level. And it is happening here in Tennessee, despite having a GOP supermajority in both houses of the General Assembly. There is so much going on in our states and our nation's capital that is often hard to choose from material. Not only that, with so many choices, just how much time do I allocate to just one or two actions from the government that hates us and fit them in a half-hour show while still doing them justice? That is a balancing act that I must perform every week on the show while still sharing wisdom from God's Word that ties right back into the topic. Much as this week's show is titled Liberty, Gain Your Freedom, which you will see how that complements the passage from Scripture as we close the show this week. Before we go any further, let's pause for a word from the show's sponsor, Anchor.fm. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and now let's get back into the topic of liberty. Anyway, I'm searching for one or two particular topics to discuss and how government is eroding our liberty and what must be done to gain or regain our freedom. And I am inundated with too many stories to select from. It's almost as if I encounter what my daughter goes through while she's trying to put together a book series for publication. Writer's block. 
I guess, except in my case, it must be podcaster's block. So back and forth I went, digging into news stories and researching the background information on those same stories when an opportunity presents itself. It just fell into my lap, so to speak. Actually, it came across my Twitter feed. It started off with my comment on a tweet that the Tennessee Conservative put out. Speaking of the Tennessee Conservative, you can follow them on Twitter as well. Their Twitter handle is at T-N-C-O-N-E-W-S-1. They are a great source of news for conservatives in Tennessee that primarily get their news from social media. Anyway, the Tennessee conservative was conducting a poll on Twitter. The poll asked this question, quote, Do we need more foreign labor in Tennessee? Unquote. It went further to identify State Representative Dale Carr, whom many of you know I ran against in last year's general election, as well as State Senator Frank Nicely, who represents the state's Senate district I live in, and their pending legislation at the time. We've talked about Representative Carr's piece of legislation previously on this podcast, but this pending legislation would loosen the vetting standards for non-citizens to compete with native Tennesseans in the job market. Now, as I describe the back and forth between myself and Senator Nicely, I want you all to keep this in mind. It wasn't his answers that truly bothered me. After all, it is more of the same of what I have come to expect from elected officials in government, especially ones that have been in elected office, on and off, since 1988. Yep, 35 years of what is supposed to be a servant leader position. But I digress. Let's get into the Twitter discussion. Most people capable of critical thinking could see the legislation for what it plainly was. It was a boon to many tourism-based businesses to avoid the cost of paying for the vetting process for foreign workers. The primary beneficiaries with that piece of legislation would be One, businesses that use foreign labor at tourist destinations, which is a large number here in Sevier County, which is now part of Senator Nicely's district. And two, for the foreign non-citizen workers that employers prefer to use because of the lower wages they can pay them. Well, based upon those two beneficiaries I just listed, who or what group does not benefit from those pieces of legislation? You guessed it, the natural or naturalized citizens here in Tennessee. So, just on the face of those facts, their bills would appear to be payback for financial support of those businesses or political action committees that back those businesses that use that type of foreign labor. Along with that, by removing some verification requirements for foreign workers, there is the possibility that it could be exploited by illegal immigrants in the state of Tennessee. Just look at the invasion along our nation's southern border that is being exploited by illegal immigrants as well. Don't forget the government that prefers those same illegal aliens over the legal citizens of this republic. So, I commented on the Tennessee Conservatives' poll, after voting of course, with the following comment, quote, Representing the interests of businesses and foreign workers, 
instead of the constituents that elected them. End quote. Before I get any further in this Twitter battle, though, I want to let the audience know that I do not have a problem with Senator Nicely. In fact, I'm generally supportive of most of his proposed pieces of legislation. They are conservative in nature for the most part. I have not had many dealings with Senator Nicely since my residence was only recently moved from State Senator Swan's district to State Senator Nicely's district based upon the most recent redistricting plan. Anyway, out of the blue, Senator Nicely replied to my comment with a typical straw man argument. He comes back with, quote, So, you are opposed to legal immigration, end quote. Now, he quote tweeted my comment back at me, which I think it means not all of his followers can see it because it was a direct reply and not a general tweet. And he was not replying to the original poll put out by the Tennessee Conservative. He was coming straight at me. Ladies and gentlemen, I must ask you if I wrote anything about being against legal immigrants in my reply at all. Let me read to you exactly how I responded to that poll once again. Quote, representing the interests of businesses and foreign workers instead of the constituents that elected them. End quote. Nothing about that statement represents opposition to immigration, legal or otherwise. You see, that is what elected officials do, though. When you call into question the reasons by which they propose certain pieces of legislation, especially if it hits the nail on the head, so to speak, they come up with a straw man argument to try and destroy the questioner's credibility. Based upon his straw man argument reply directly to me, and not the original poll question, I graciously decided to take up his challenge. You know, I also spoke about this during my interview on the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast, as well as talking with Miss Tina Tobin about it, that you're going to hear that in next week's episode. But let's get back to this Twitter battle for this specific episode. Well, it wasn't very much of a battle. But it is an example of a politician trying to deflect from the original point or trying to set up a straw man argument. Back and forth we went. My initial response to a straw man argument, besides calling it that, was this. I am opposed to government picking winners and losers in the free market. And I also came back at Senator Nicely with a very direct question. I asked who or what primarily benefited from his bill and Representative Carr's companion bill in the House. Before I go on, though, I need to say that Representative Carr did pull his legislation from consideration, though. That is a good thing. So now that there isn't a companion bill in the House, Senator Nicely's bill has very little chance of being considered during this General Assembly. But let's get back to the back and forth. I asked Senator Nicely to rank in order who benefited from these two bills, with number one being the legal citizens, number two being businesses, and number three being foreign workers. I also asked if this bill, like many other pieces of legislation state and federal governments have enacted over the past few decades, would have any loopholes that illegal immigrants could exploit. Well, the good senator never answered those questions. I wonder why. You know what he did answer with, though? Of course, back came the straw man argument. 
He answered with a question, are you against legal immigration? With the qualifier that this was all this piece of legislation was aimed to address. You see, this legislation was proposed to quote-unquote fix another piece of bad legislation passed during the last General Assembly. That is a topic for another day, but I can say that that is the defense some so-called conservatives used when defending Representative Carr's bill in my county when it was first proposed. But let's stick with Senator Nicely's responses to me. I had to reiterate the same question. Please rank in order the beneficiaries of this bill. Which he refused to answer, but thinks or operates from the standpoint that he did answer my question. His statement that he believed answered my question was that a rational, orderly, legal immigration process benefits everyone. He went on to say that it was in fact necessary. There was nothing in that statement that actually answered my question. Because every piece of legislation passed by any level of government benefits an individual or group more than it does another individual or a group. Every single bill. Because government has gone astray from its enumerated powers and its primary role of securing the liberty of the people. And they are now in the business of picking winners and losers with each bill that is passed. That is why no elected official will ever come out on record and state the pro and the cons, the winners and the losers of every bill they propose and pass. The focus is on the winners or the pros only. But you cannot have one without the other, ladies and gentlemen. In the case of legislation, it is always a zero-sum game. If you are unsure of what a zero-sum game is, it is this. It is a mathematical representation, game theory, and economic theory of a situation which involves two sides, where the result is an advantage for one side and an equivalent loss for the other. To say it another way would be this. Player one's win, in the case of this proposed legislation, Player one is tourism-related businesses and foreign workers put together. So player one's win is the equivalent to player two's loss. Player two, in this case, is the legal citizens. Therefore, the net improvement in the benefit of the game or legislation is zero. Now, the zero-sum game part of legislation does not apply to the legislators themselves, though. Oh, no. Why else would they propose any piece of legislation if there was not a benefit to them? They wouldn't. Of the three groups of people I am discussing with regards to this legislation, the first is the tourism-related business owners, the second being the foreign workers, and the third being legal citizens, which one of those three groups donates money to politicians? Well, with group number three, which is the legal citizens, and especially in these hard financial times brought upon the public by those very same politicians, in addition to their already high confiscatory tax policies, Group 3 has very little money to donate to politicians. They are busy just trying to be left alone by government, while government is already stealthily in their wallets, purses, and bank accounts. So let's move on to Group 2, the foreign workers. 
Do they donate time and money to politicians? Of course not. First of all, it's illegal, but we know there are many loopholes to that. Second of all, they work for lower wages than legal citizens do, so much of their earned income is spent providing for their basic needs. That leaves us with group number one. Well, we all know that yes, businesses do provide politicians with time and money for the benefit of their business. So while it is a zero-sum game for those three groups of people, the real winner in all of this is the politicians themselves. I will tell you that I perused Senator Nicely's campaign finance reports, and it was quite interesting. For the 2021 and 2022 years, donations there aren't from a whole lot of individuals contributing to his campaign. A bunch of political action committees have donated, and to the tunes of tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, and one large sum from a sitting member of the Tennessee Election Commission. That may or may not be a big deal, but it does go to show how it is political action committees, and not individual citizens, that are keeping these elected officials in their positions of power and influence. That, along with voter apathy. But this situation can be turned around with very little money, but it will take time. That is the biggest lesson I learned from my campaign. Time and effort will pay bigger dividends than money if, and that is a big if, you spend that time and effort on the right things. But apathy and PAC money, those keep these politicians in positions of power and influence so they can continue to play the zero-sum game in our society. Which all will eventually lead to the erosion of the people's liberty and only serves to further enslave the true sovereigns in our constitutional republic. Remember at the beginning of this breakdown of the Twitter battle, I told you that I was not upset about Senator Nicely's responses because those are the answers I expect from elected officials especially if they've been in office for a significant amount of time. What upsets me the most is this, the attitude that the senator assumed when talking to his employer. Instead of arranging for a one-on-one conversation, he decided to engage in the quote-unquote public square with a sense of disdain for a person that he is supposed to work for. There is no getting around this, ladies and gentlemen. Even in the polite South, my beloved state of Tennessee, an elected official responds with disdain and is very dismissive of one of his constituents, his employer. Because when we get right down to it, folks, that is how almost every single elected official in our local, state, and federal government feels about the voters that put them in office, especially when we challenge them on the proper role of government as defined in our founding documents. He took on an almost like a how dare you question me, I'm a sitting senator attitude. Well, Senator Nicely, and this goes to every other elected official, you all need to be reminded that you serve at the pleasure of the people that put you in the office that you occupy. It is a position of special trust. You all have forgotten that. You have forgotten your oath of office and the fact that it is the citizen 
that is the sovereign in our state and our nation. Nearly all of these politicians have adopted this attitude because of the apathy that guarantees them a return to this position every election cycle. That is why it is so important for each and every one of us to get involved. Go to every government meeting you can. Write or call your state and federal legislators as often as possible. I was recently speaking with a group of people about this very topic. They have a lot of concerns with what is going on in Tennessee, and they wanted to find out what they can do individually and collectively to put a stop to our state that is in retrograde. Time and effort is what is needed by every citizen that loves our Constitution and the freedoms that it guarantees. Without our time and without our effort, that document will be made more meaningless by the day. So step up. Step into the arena. Get involved. Well, that is it for this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Before we close, we have this week's wisdom from God's Word, and it comes to us from 1 Corinthians 7, 21. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. Our government, through its purposeful misinterpretation and abuse of its enumerated power of taxation, has made us all slaves. The government's insatiable need for the first fruits of our labor has made every American citizen nothing more than a slave. Our wages, taken first by government, are more often than not used to create more programs, more policies, more regulations, and laws that serve to further enslave us. Enslave us and ensure that future generations are born into a debt burden that is inescapable. Make no mistake about it either. This is being done by members of both political parties. And although each of us are now nothing more than slaves to our government, do not let that bother you. Why? Because we can regain our freedom. How, you ask? By each of us fulfilling our responsibility for citizenship in a republic by taking part in our system of self-governance. You can also become active in your local political parties, your GOP, and work from the inside to correct the course of the current party back to one of loyalty and adherence to the Constitution. You can do this at the local, state, and national level. But like I just mentioned earlier, this will require time and effort. And by investing our time wisely, we can save the Republic. Thank you all for listening this week, and I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.